What is a goal of yours this year? It's important to think about because you know that the goals you set uh, will determine the things you will accomplish. And they determine really how you will live. They'll determine how you make decisions about your time and about your money and about your relationships. What is a goal of yours this coming year? To stay healthy? To eat better? To exercise more? How about this one? To present everyone mature in Christ. That is likely not what came to mind. But yet it is this very goal that should take a priority over all other goals. This goal should be the very thing that determines all of them. Thus, it will determine how we decide about our time and our money and our relationships. The goal is to present everyone mature in Christ. That's the goal that we're going to unpack this morning. I invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 1. Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. Right after Philippians. Colossians chapter 1. For Paul's writing to this beloved church. He's just finished uh, talking about how he, he prays for them. He is so encouraged by their faith in the Lord. Uh, by how they serve one another. Uh, he gives us his great account of the preeminence of who Christ is. And then here, uh, he's talking in this section before chapter 2 about his ministry in the church. Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. says this, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Present everyone mature in Christ. There, this is no quick or easy job. You, you see the word everyone is repeated three times. Warning everyone. Teaching everyone. And presenting everyone. Everyone is important. So I want us to understand who this is then. Who is the everyone? Because obviously it's important. It's in this verse three times. It's not just some. So what does he mean by everyone? Well, firstly, he means every kind of person. A young person or an old person. A rich or a poor. Friendly or a mean person. Arrogant or a sweet person. A strong person or a weak person or a broken person. Everyone, he wants to be mature in Christ. And, and that seems like an insurmountable task. If you were to think about that, if that's to be your goal, is to present everyone mature in Christ, you begin to come up with excuses. You say, well, I can't reach the guy in Russia. I, I, just, I can't. I don't know his language. It's too far. So to present a person in Russia... Mature in Christ is just out of my reach. Or you might excuse yourself by saying, well, there's people that are too smart for me. I can't encourage them and present them mature in Christ. I can't uh, grow them in maturity. They're too smart for me. They're, they're above my head. Or maybe there's some people below your grade and you, they're just never going to understand you. We begin to excuse ourselves. Well, that person's just too old. They're not going to listen to me. Or that person's too young. They don't want to talk to me. How am I going to present them mature in Christ? Whatever that means, we'll get to it. 
But if it's every one, and that's my goal and my responsibility, then I start justifying and excusing myself at every turn. But you know what the beautiful thing about everyone is? Is you're included. You are included in everyone. Present everyone mature in Christ and everyone including yourself. So your goal begins with you. Present yourself mature in Christ. That's your goal this year, to make yourself more mature in Jesus. Present everyone mature in Christ, beginning with you. The beauty of that is that it begins to chisel away all of your justifying and chisel away all of your excuses. You excuse yourself from the guy in Russia because you're too far and you don't speak his language. You excuse yourself from someone not in your age bracket or in your social circle or in your social um, economic atmosphere. It's like, well, I can't reach the doctor or lawyer. I don't know any. And, and the homeless person is just, it's just not what I do. And we begin to justify ourselves and say, these are the reasons why I can't disciple anyone. Because I don't know enough, or maybe I'm over their head, or I just can't reach them. But you have none of those excuses with yourself. When everyone includes you, and that's your goal, is to present everyone, including yourself, mature in Jesus, the excuses go away. You're not out of reach. You don't speak a different language. You're not at a different intellectual state. You're not too old or too young. You don't not know the person. You know yourself well, and so... When everyone includes me, present yourself mature in Christ, and it begins there, that's a good thing. Because we can do that. We can do that. And, and we have a lot of the, uh, by God's grace, the ability to do what it takes to be mature. When you might not be able to, no matter how hard you explain to someone, no matter how many times you've told them again and again, you might never make them love Jesus more. Well, the case is with yourself is the only way you would not listen to yourself is if you're disobeying. And that seems kind of strange. If this is what you hope to do, if this is your goal. But the importance is that you do start with yourself. Because uh, you can only lead people as far as you are. That's why we do not have high school graduates teaching doctors or teaching PhDs. They're not ahead of them. They don't know what that person needs to know. You need to be more mature, more advanced, further along in order to bring someone up under you. That makes me tremble when I think of, you know, I entered this pulpit at the age of 26. I'd been a Christian uh, thir 13 years, uh, maybe a maturing Christian for eight. And I think if I'm to present people mature in Christ, like I ought to really strive to be mature in Christ. I ought to really know. And by God's grace... And that's the beauty of it all is there's nothing I can boast in. I was weak and young and stupid and I still am. Anything I have to boast in is because of God working through me. But here you have the same responsibility. If your responsibility and your goal is to present everyone mature in Christ, it begins with you. But then it moves on. It moves on not just to yourself and you worry about self-focus and, and being a better person and trying to correct yourself. It goes far beyond that. It goes to others. If all you're concerned about is your maturity, your relationship with God, you're still selfish. And you've not matured at all. But we ought to be concerned about other people's relationship with Christ. Because if they're not maturing in Christ, if they're far from Christ, they're dishonoring Christ. And that should impact you and affect you.
So you should want to present everyone mature in Christ so that he gets more glory and adoration and praise as he deserves. And so it begins with you, yes, but then it flows out of you to those in your closest relationships, those who you have the least excuse with, those who still speak your language, those who are near to you physically, those who are maybe in your age category. Because some people say, well, I could never reach young people. Okay, well, have you reached anyone your age? Like most people who, who try to excuse themselves from reaching young people and caring and serving young people also don't serve their own age bracket. So it, it is the reality is we have to self-check. Am I maturing in Jesus? And maybe it's because I'm not that I think, well, I'm not going to lead anyone else in this endeavor either. And so it begins with us, then goes to our next sphere out, those closest to us. Goes to our church family, our relatives, our neighbors, unbelieving or believing. And that's the interesting thing about this everyone, is it does not just mean those who are already Christians, to mature them in Jesus. It includes those who are not yet believers. Those who say, I do not believe, I reject God altogether. Your goal should be to present them mature in Christ. And unless you have that goal, you're never even going to take step one. If you think, nope, that person does not get that goal in my life, you're not going to take step one to even build a bridge, to even begin a conversation, to even share your faith. You're not going to do it if this is not a goal. So the goal is maturity in Christ. He says, this is what I do in order, it says, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Some translations, um, I think the King James says perfect. Obviously, we know that perfection and even perfect maturity is not possible in this life, but it is a process of perfecting, of maturing, of growing. But the goal is maturity. What does maturity look like? Well, it means you're not a baby anymore. You're not completely dependent on other people. You're not a lacking of knowledge or skills. You're, you're not... Um, so much a recipient of everything, but you're beginning to contribute to others. That's what it means to, to mature. As a child matures, the, the, the older they get, the more they can contribute to the family and to society. The more they can understand, the more they can um, do. And same with us in Christ. We ought not to be baby Christians forever. If you come to faith in the Lord Jesus, we are growing. We are, uh, we are born again. We are a new child, but that child grows. We mature in our understanding and in our contributing to the cause of Christ. That's the goal that we have. And remember, it begins with everyone, in, beginning with me. That I might mature in Jesus. That I might be more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today. And so sometimes we, we make goals that are out of reach, right? Um, so perfection, well, you're not going to be perfect. And so what do you do? You just don't do it. That's what happens with some people when they set goals, right? They set such a high goal that they don't even bother to take step one. Oh, I'm going to lose 700 pounds this year. Oh, well, that's too hard. I'll try next year. Uh, that's what happens when you set goals out of reach. But this goal is not out of reach to present everyone mature in Christ because we know that everyone begins with me and I can mature more today than I was yesterday. And I can be more mature the next day than I was the day before. How do people mature? You think about... Think about a 20-year-old, right, who's, like, really immature. Like, how are they immature? Well, they're just a goofball. They're selfish. 
They act like a child. That's why we describe them as immature, like they haven't grown up yet. Well, how do we describe someone who's an immature Christian? Well, they just haven't grown up. They don't care about improving. They don't care about contributing. All they care about is, well, what are you going to do for me? And what am I going to get out of this? That's immature thinking. And so we think about ourselves and our walk with God and even just the baby steps of, okay, I want to mature. That means I want to know more about God this year. I'm going to maybe focus on something about God. I want to learn something about this year. I want to focus on God's sovereignty this year. And what does it mean that God's in control? Because I maybe am struggling with that. So I want to mature in my understanding of God's sovereignty. I want to, underst- I want to mature in my prayer life. What does that mean? I want to become more dependent on God. I want to pray more. I want to mature in my contributing to the church. Not, not necessarily financially, but how am I going to serve other people? I want to mature in that way. I want to grow up. I, I don't want to keep staying the same. I want to grow. I want to present everyone, including myself, mature in Christ. And then, as I do that, I can say to others, like, no, come along. This journey is actually good. That's what you do when you, when you uh, set a goal and you reach the goal. You encourage others to do it too, right? If you've got on a cool diet that's like working or you feel healthy, you've got on this great thing and you feel like, what are you going to do? You're going to tell others and say, hey, come, try this diet. Like, you wouldn't believe how I feel. The same is true with us and our relationship with Christ. Is the more you experience Christ and his beauty and his majesty, the more you read the word and you're so encouraged, you're going to say, someone, hey, come along. Come with me and do this with me. And you're going to be ensuring that they are maturing in Christ. You're going to be meeting your goals. So if this is our goal to present, present everyone mature in Christ, how do we do it? First, it says, the beginning of that verse that I read, verse 28, Him we proclaim. Him we proclaim. Jesus. We don't proclaim some magic formula. We don't proclaim um, some other uh, good morals. We don't proclaim a system. We don't proclaim um, a specific denomination. Even We proclaim Jesus. Proclaim Him and Him crucified, Paul said. But what's amazing about proclaiming him is Paul talks about it very exclusively. He says that, you know, even if Paul was stating this, says even if I was to preach a different gospel, even if I tainted it a bit or changed the message a bit, don't believe me. Believe Christ crucified and resurrected and that alone and walk by faith in that. And so him we proclaim, Paul says, him, not the benefits of him. Some people want to proclaim Health and wealth and prosperity. That's false. We ought to flee from that. That's not him that they're proclaiming. They're proclaiming what they they interpret to be some benefit of relating to him. It's like you get to be a part of this family and because you're part of this family you get to be rich. It's not the way it works. Proclaim him. That's the only way we're going to mature. Proclaim Jesus. What has he done? What does the gospel mean? It means that you have sinned. And not just one time, and not just yesterday, you're going to sin today. The gospel says that. It's bad news. But the good news is, that sin has been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. So that at the end of the day, if Him we proclaim, if you're proclaiming Christ to yourself, you are not weighed down with guilt and shame at the day's end. You come to the cross, believing the gospel, saying, that thing that I just did that I feel awful for and I should, Jesus took it on Himself. He, he died as that thing for me so that I might be free from this guilt, shame, and I might glorify God. And that is so unfair. That's the gospel we proclaim to ourselves and to others. 
Proclaim the gospel of the good news that those who would trust themselves to Christ alone would be free from all the wrath of God that we, owe, that we are owed. Proclaiming him. We set out to accomplish this goal first by proclaiming, but in that proclamation includes other unique ways, which it has here in this verse. It says, verse 28, Him we proclaim, firstly, warning everyone. Warning. The word here in the Greek um, points to a word, which is where we get some of our words for biblical counseling. Warning, counseling, admonishing, encouraging, sometimes rebuking. We are warning everyone. Paul did this to the church of Galatia in Galatians chapter 3. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? What was he warning them about? About thinking that they could be perfected by their own doings. This is in verse 3 of Galatians 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? He was warning them. He's saying, the way you're going and the way you're living and what you're teaching is wrong. You think that you can be perfected, that you can be matured by just doing certain things rather than growing in your affection and love for the gospel and what he has done. It says, be warned. It's false. Warning. You think about warning signs. Warning. Cliff ahead. Warning. Hot. What do you do when you ignore the signs? Well, you end up in trouble. That's what. So warning, when we are to think about warning, when it comes to how do we present everyone mature in Christ? Well, we proclaim. We proclaim the gospel. We proclaim Christ with warning. Warning everyone. Well, what do we warn about? Well, we warn about the effects of sin. That We warn about the effects of it just playing out in our lives, in our hearts. We warn it. And who do we warn? Everyone. And that starts with me. I warn me. I, I warn myself about the danger of that thing which I felt bad for yesterday. And not just I felt bad for, but I sinned against God yesterday. And so I got to warn myself. Steer clear of that. Be aware of what tempts you. Know in your mind and in your heart what tempts you to sin so that you can warn yourself. Have warning systems in place. I get stupid after 12 p.m. I don't make wise choices on the internet or in conversations. I don't have good conversations when I am um, too hot or uh, it's this time of day with my spouse. I'm normally angry. Take those warning signs. Take them captive to Christ and repent. Take the warning signs. Everyone will. Who are we to warn? Ourselves? Our family? Our friends? Warn them? Of what it means to live apart from Christ. Warn them what it means to just live for yourself. Warn them. Warn them. Warn them what it means to just remain a baby Christian. Warn them what it means to just uh, think that the Christian life is just made up of you do it one time. You check this box and you're good. Warn them. How do you warn them? You warn them through the word. Not through your own words. Those are useless. They'll change and you're a hypocrite. So don't warn them with your own words and with your own authority. Warn them with the very words of God. Warn yourself with the very words of God. Don't just bank on something else. Don't just bank on good books or sermons on YouTube. Allow the word of God itself to cut to your heart and warn you. 
to say, don't go that way. Other part of warning is saying, repent, turn. A warning sign can say, turn around now before you hit danger. The Bible tells us that, turn. Like, this is the way that you're headed, and it is not pleasing to God. And if you keep going that way, you're actually proving that you don't belong to Jesus. There's many passages like that that terrify me. They terrify me. It has, it has this entire list of things. And it says, you know, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I seem to think that I can get away with those things. Like, that's a warning sign that I'm ignoring. I ought to repent. You and I. And, and those who we know, those who we have been called to present mature in Christ, we ought to warn them. This is what it means to walk with Christ. Second kind of unique way that we proclaim him is warning, warning of the danger of sin, warning of the danger of complacency, of laziness, of whatever it may be. But then the second is teaching. It says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. We teach. It's part of our great commission. You know, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and then teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Teach them. Tell them what is true about God. Teach them about the sovereignty of God. And remember, everyone starts with you. So if you say, well, I don't really know much about the sovereignty of God. I don't really know much about uh, God's omnipotence or omnipresence. I don't know much about um, anything related to theology. I don't do theology. Um, the way that you're going to mature in Christ is by being taught. The way you're taught is by reading his words and by seeking teachers. Sometimes that's through good books. Sometimes it's through a person who you know knows these things. Like, don't just be content not knowing. Don't be content being ignorant about hard things. If, if you're ever going to grow, you, like, that's how students grow. That's how we have medical doctors because they've gone through school and they have been taught. So therefore, we trust them with certain parts of our lives. It, it's, it makes sense there, and yet you wouldn't trust an untrained doctor but yet you seem to think that you can trust yourself and your relationship with Jesus when you've not trained yourself. That you can trust your understanding of God when you've not trained yourself whatsoever. No, 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 my God would not do that, right? You don't know God. You've not even looked at his word. You've not even taken a moment to stop and think about this aspect of God or that aspect. The beautiful thing about it all is the more you discover about God, the more you realize you don't know. And that's actually part of the maturing process is part of maturing is humility, right? And so you might come in bullheaded and think, yeah, I, I think I got a pretty good grasp on God. But the more you discover about his majesty and his eternality, the more you realize, whoa, I don't know who this God is. And it humbles you. And, and humility is part of growing up and maturing as a Christian. So we teach ourselves and we teach others because ignorance is, is not bliss. Ignorance is damning. It is. It's, it's damning. It's bad for us. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, he, he just goes through this section talking about um, some of the difficult sin struggles. Ephesians 4 and then verse 17 to 24, he says this. Now this I say and I testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. And because of that, they're alienated from the life 
of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Do you hear that? The reason they're alienated from God is because they're ignorant. So how do we correct that alienation? How do we get closer to God? Well, Ephesians 4 says that we correct the ignorance, that we don't walk in the futility of our minds anymore. It says, due to the hardness of their hearts. For they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality and greedy, uh, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Listen, listen very carefully. It says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. What were you taught? Well, here's the thing. Part of maturing is you need to be taught these things. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, that is corrupt through deceitful desires. And you're taught to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You are taught Christ in these ways. It's amazing because here Paul said in our passage in Colossians chapter 1, his goal, Jesus we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Not earthly wisdom. Not my wisdom. Not your wisdom. But the wisdom that is from God. And James tells us, chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God, who gives to all without holding back. If you lack wisdom, you think, well, I can't teach. I can't teach that person. Have you asked God? Have you asked God for the wisdom to teach them just that one thing they need or that one thing you need? Perhaps you think, well, I don't have the intellectual ability to understand systematic theology. I don't understand all the omnis of God. I don't understand the Trinity. Have you asked God? Realizing that you lack wisdom, have you asked God? Paul says it's with God's wisdom that we teach everyone. But where's God's wisdom found? Not just in the clouds. Not just when you pray and he just like you heard his thunder. Don't ever trust that stuff. It's in the word. The wisdom is in the word. So with all wisdom, we are teaching everyone. Everyone needs to be taught, including yourself, including your friends, your family. Are you teaching them? Is your goal to present them mature in Christ? Then you ought to proclaim Jesus to them with warning and with teaching. I love Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 16, where it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. So it gives some examples of how you teach and admonish one another with that wisdom. You sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, but you do it with thanksgiving in your heart. Are you thankful? And do you have a song in your heart that is from his word? That's one way that we teach and admonish, but the very beginning of that verse of verse 16 of Colossians chapter 3 is the most important. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You will not mature if the word of Christ is not dwelling in you. If you are not in the word, you will not mature. 
If the word of God is not dwelling in you, it's not taking hold of you, it's not transforming you, you will not mature and you will not be able to mature others. If you're content with not maturing and you're content with not growing others, you have very little assurance that you're a believer. We, we have it in our, in our goal, in our mind to do exactly as Christ has done. And here, Paul sets it out, this is why we do it. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And that shadows the ministry of Jesus. And if you don't want to shadow the ministry of Jesus, you don't want to do what Jesus did, don't call yourself a Christian. That's what a Christian is. I want to be like Jesus. I want to follow after Jesus. If you don't want to follow after Jesus, don't call yourself a Christian. Here it says, I love Ephesians chapter 5 when it's telling husbands how to follow after Christ. It's telling husbands how to be Christians. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25, I love it. He says, husbands, love your wives. Listen, as Christ loved the church, and so in the same way, as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she may be holy and without blemish in the same way husbands should love their wives it's amazing the job of a christian husband is to do that for his wife is to present her mature in jesus well why because that's what jesus wants Jesus is doing that in you. And how does he do it? He does it through other people. So then what happens if I'm that stop in the chain and you're the stop in the chain and everyone's the stop in the chain? If we say, you know what? I'm just concerned about me and Jesus and no one's ever concerned about anyone else. Well, think about what Christ is accomplishing or, or attempting to accomplish in his church. That he may present himself this bride without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. He wants to mature the believer. He wants to purify his bride. And he does that through us. As he instructs specifically in Ephesians 5, husbands to their wives as they lead them. Us to all people. Everyone. That's why Paul says, here in Colossians 1, that his goal is to present everyone mature in Christ. Look at verse 29. For this I toil... I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. I toil in proclaiming. I toil in warning. I toil in teaching. I struggle, he says. It's not an easy, quick fix. Sometimes it means handing somebody a book. But most times it means reading the book alongside them. And then be willing to discuss with them. Toiling. Man, I think about how lazy I am when it comes to this and how toil would not be a word to describe my goal or even my attempt at this goal. To, to present everyone mature in Christ, I've not toiled. I've kind of coasted. I've kind of done what's easiest path. Um, sometimes there's bumps and difficulties, but man, I've not toiled. May it be so that I would toil and you would toil with me so that we might present everyone mature in Christ so that he would get the glory. And may that be true in, remember, everyone, starting with you. 
Have you toiled and struggled to proclaim Christ to yourself, to believe the gospel, to live it, live its implications? Have you toiled in warning yourself, recognizing your temptations, running from sins, repenting? Have you struggled in teaching yourselves the hard things of God so that you might mature and grow up and be more humble? Have you toiled and struggled in these things? Why not? Is he not worth it? Of course he is. But you may think, well, I don't have the energy or the mental capacity to toil, nor did Paul. For this I toil, he says, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. It's his energy. Any sort of energy or effort or mental capacity or ability that you would pour into this task of presenting everyone mature in Christ, the strength is from the Lord. But are you drawing on that? Are you doing that? Are you pursuing maturity in Christ for yourself and for others? May that be our goal this year. You know that goals determine the decisions you'll make. Goals determine how you will spend your time, your money, and your relationships. Do you have the goal to present everyone mature in Christ? If you do, it'll transform everything. Everything about your time and your money and your relationships. Goals start with steps. Maybe you think, and remember, it begins with yourself and then with others, but it doesn't just stop at yourself. Don't, don't think that. Don't think, well, I need to get to this place before I can move on to my friend, before I can move on to a neighbor. Not so. Not so. Part of the greatest part, and even teachers will tell you this, uh, to be a better teacher, you, you need to be learning, right? You're learning as you're teaching. So the same thing here. Well, here it says we're supposed to be teaching. That's part of how we mature everyone. So as we're teaching, we're learning, we're growing, we're struggling. You try teaching someone you don't know anything about. Well, you're going to have to grow in order to not be an idiot or and also to actually be helpful to them. And so do that. Like if you think, oh, well, I'll just try to take up a study myself of the sovereignty of God. Well, how about you try to teach someone about the sovereignty of God? Because when you do that, you're going to realize how insufficient you are and how much you need God's strength. Right? And so do that. If you actually want to mature in Christ, find someone to mature in Christ. Find someone. Make them your goal to, to mature them in Jesus so that you might actually grow as well. For this, Paul toiled and struggled with all of God's energy that he powerfully worked within him. Is this a goal of yours this year? To mature everyone. To present everyone mature in Christ. May it be true of you and of me for the glory of Christ. Let's pray to that end. Oh God, you so deserve our maturity. You deserve it. And yet we are often too lazy or we're too focused on the five minutes in front of us or the five years we don't think about the eternity that will be faced by ourselves or by others we know. And so then we're neglectful. We're ignorant. So God, would you correct us? Would you draw us to yourself? We're so thankful for the gospel. Him we proclaim. Let us proclaim it to ourselves that though we are sinners, we are forgiven and freed, brought into a relationship, repaired through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the cross. May we present everyone mature in Christ with your help for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.